Let's go. Sweet. Start them. Yeah. All right. Um, so basically, uh, I think the way we decided we're going to do this, right, is just kind of take our look at our biggest takeaway for the week. Right. And for me, that actually came on a trade yesterday, uh, which wasn't a great trade per se in terms of PL, but in, in terms of overall plan, thesis, and looking for confirmations, I would actually say it's it's one of my better trades in a while for the futures. So I did write up a post about this on Trade Journal yesterday. So I'm going to share that with you guys here. A second. What do I share? What do I share? Oh, share screen. And we're going to go trade journal screen two. Share. All right. Can you guys see this here? Yeah. Yep. All right. So this was really based on the higher time frames. Actually, my better trade in terms of PL wise was in the morning. Um, that was a long based on the 15 minute chart. It looks a little choppy on the five and the one. Um, so PL wise, this was a better trade. Basically, just risking this low and bounce off demand on the 15 minute candle. But I'm actually, since we're just looking to show the best of the best for the week would be this second trade here. Um, I gave myself an A minus in terms of the overall grade, which for me is very rare. I try to never give myself an A. Um, it's usually my better trades in the high B range, but um, so I'll just go through this quickly with you guys. As you can see, I took a, basically a scalp and sold it way too early. Um, but yeah, so uh, first off, we had a, a massive sell-off day um, on Wednesday, the prior day, uh, including the overnight session as well. We had, had rolled over quite a bit more. And then early in the morning, as you can see in the charts up here, um, it was pretty choppy in the morning through this range right here. So, um, Yeah, so at this point, right, we've had such a vicious sell-off um, from yesterday and overnight. I was assuming that it's pretty reasonable to look for some, some sustained bounces um, because at this point, we really hadn't had any. Um, you can see the big sell-off day through here, tiny pop here, really no meaningful pops in any of this ranging area here. And then continue sell-off. We find, finally find some support on demand down here. Um, so at that point, we... Oh, yeah, that, sorry, that was the first trade. We, we sold off a bit more, but we finally start finding some demand down here and officially start an uptrend. So at this point, I'm thinking we're probably going to have some type of sustained balance at some point today. So I should be looking to, to get long somewhere in here. Um, so I, uh, finally holding a decent intraday uptrend. When I looked at the higher time frames, these charts below, I realized that we had broken the downtrend after the steep sell-off and we're retesting on the 30 and the 60 minute. So obviously when you get a steep sell-off or, or a steep bullish move, it's hard to really put a trend line into that area because it's, it's just too intense. So I will typically start a trend line in the more consolidated sell-off per se. Um, and so I had noticed on the... 30 and the 60 minute, we had broken that trend line and we're starting to give a retest as well. We're getting some bullish action on the four hour chart, which might be hard for you guys to see. I'm not sure. You can see we have some demand here from as we were ranging through December and January, we finally broke that range, pulled back and found some support here, moved up after this big sell off from a couple of days ago, we were, we were finding some support here. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, long is pretty, is looking pretty good for a sustained move at some point here. Um, 
the four hour chart. Yep, I talked about that already. And then we're just also above VWAP for the first time on all the higher higher time frames. Um, so again, kind of starting to look long. And at this point, I'm trying to look for as many confirmations as possible from the higher time frames to to give me because most of my trades are, are quite brief, you know, based on the five minute um, chart. So if I can catch a reversal or any type of key level on the higher time frames, it's going to be a lot easier for me to to um, catch those moves on smaller time frames. And so as all the time frames were starting to show strength and correlating to show that we most likely have a continued move higher, because at this point I glanced over to my trading view screen where I have a spy on the three minute chart and I noticed something particular here. And that's basically that we are hovering right above the pre-market high. And so if you look on the five minute chart during this trade, this is in this zone here. So we'd already ranged from the bottom up to the top and we move down here, I, I would guess a lot of trade, there might be some people trying to take a long up this demand zone here, but because we've just been so bearish, I was expecting that a lot of people maybe thought we were gonna maybe consolidate and then roll over again here. So I, once I looked over at the SPY chart, which I don't actually use that much, it's, it's kind of just on the side, but I noticed we're holding above free market high. At this point, I basically told myself, I wanna see us hold here. As soon as I said that, we broke it. <laughs> and then kicked right back up to reclaim it. And I was at that point looking for a close. Um, it's actually this current candle. So this current candle wasn't even finished. This, this candle closed green, I believe. But either way, there was a wick through the pre-market high. And then at that point, my last kind of step was that um, I wanted to see it start moving the other direction and enter along on a pullback. I'm really trying to work on getting on the green side of the trade instead of just buying the dips randomly because I notice I'm getting killed doing that. And um, so I kind of want to see some confirmation that we're actually moving in the other direction. And so it, it did start to move in that direction. Although I didn't really get the pullback I was waiting for. So I, I saw it moving. I just bought one contract on the ask, just one contract because it was it was more so a test trade. Um, I definitely probably should have sized up considering the higher time frames. We're looking good. Uh, we hadn't really had that big bullish move after the sell-off and then um, the holding of the pre-market high and the spy. And so I probably could have taken it with more. Um, but the second thing I told myself is I will at least hold this one contract for a stop at break even. One of the worst things in, in my trading is, is I just sell too early. I, I'm still so scalp-minded when I need to, to hold for the higher moves. Because um, as you guys can see, I stopped out. Well, not stopped out. I took profits right here. We consolidated, moved higher, and um, really, I could have could have taken this with more contracts and got quite a nice move, risking the low here. So you're talking less than five points of risk for potentially ten to fifteen points on the upside. So, um, and as you can see, we did retest these trend lines here and push higher from there. Um, and so this this is the trade I really want to share with you guys here because this is this is how every trade that I take should feel like, where I'm just so confident in the move that it's willing to I'm willing to put on a little bit more risk. These are the trades I should be risking more on instead of taking these intraday little scalps midday with two three contracts. It, it doesn't make sense. Maybe I can do that with one or two contracts, and then when I see a move like this, take it with three contracts and then add into it once it starts working um, in my direction. So. Um, yeah, so basically that means I have to wait all day. The lesson taken from all of this is, is just knowing where I'm at on the higher time frames, especially with the spy. 
and making sure that I'm not trading in the middle um, of any of these ranges. So if I'm trying to look for any trades on the SPY, I should be taking it at either some area where we've seen previous selling and buying on the higher timeframes. And then I can trade the smaller moves with larger size to, to make the profit that is really worth it for me in, in my situation. So, yeah. Uh, question um, question for you. Yeah. Do you, do you um, when you place a trade, when you're like in the middle of, you know, ready to hit that buy button, are you looking at the three minute, the one minute, the five minute, the 30 minute? Um. I'm mostly looking at the two and the five for my actual entry. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and as you can see on the two, we're technically uptrending right on the five minute, but on the two minute chart, I just quickly, once we, we topped out here, just quickly drew a little downtrend. And once I saw this break here, I was looking for a pullback, but I was, I had so many confirmations at this point from the higher timeframes and from the pre-market low hold and, um, and bounce on the actual spy just decided this is worth entering long right away. And sure enough, it, it really didn't pull back from my entry. So I guess improvements definitely hold this trade. Obviously, it did actually go higher than this. I can't remember where it finally topped out at. This is just where I took my screenshot at. It, it, yeah, it's not bad that you took profits there. Ones. It's actually not bad that you took profits there. It actually didn't go up much further in the next candle. But, uh, you know, the other option would just to be to look to get back in on that. You see that bull flag right there, that quick... Uh, was that two minutes? So six minutes, uh, three candles, six minutes. You have that bull flag and right then the candle about. does that quick one minute or two minute pullback and then test that previous high. Yeah, yeah. I could have re-entered right here. I probably should have as well. But with, with large caps, I'm just, my mindset is, is once I take a trade, I, I try not to get right back into one. Although in yeah. some cases like this one was definitely warranted, especially since it was, it was confirming the move more and more. So yeah. I, I agree. In this instance, it would have, it probably could have taken this break and risked this candle here since I had already hopped out. But the ideal situation would have been to even put myself at break even and just move it up as, as it continued to make legs higher. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the large caps, I, with my experience so far, trying to trade the one minute on the large caps, there's so much like noise and so much to get shaken out from that, you know, you're definitely better off, you know, looking at those higher time frames. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's also, it racks up commissions and it's, it's so, especially with the futures that are just so highly liquid. Well, really any large cap is so highly liquid. You can just hop in and out so quickly and, yeah. and over trade it really easily if you're not careful. Yeah. I, I totally agree with both of you guys. Like me looking at that as kind of like my style of trading, I'm like bull flag, re-enter. But then I totally get you, Nate, with the, with the fact that it's so easy to over trade and it's so much better to like, just do like a one and done or, you know, look for those two or maybe three trades tops. So yeah. It's, it's Especially tough. for me, um, like it, uh, the commissions actually do add up, you know, in total, like I think since I started this account, which is, a month and a half ago, I'm already at 600 or close to $650 in commissions, oh, which cool. is, it's a lot because, I, but most of the time I was over trading ranges. I'm in the middle of the range taking five contracts and every single time I take five contracts, that's like about $5 and 60 cents in fees. You know, if I take three trades in one range, that's $15 in a day plus a couple more. So I, I was racking up fees very quickly. 
So I tried not to overtrade, but I do agree, Tom. In this situation, it would have been warranted to, to take that breakout, especially because you're, again, your risk was very minimal on this. Yeah. And it was already confirming it's another leg to the upside. And it's, those commissions are per execution, right? So if you take partial size, you're, you're paying that commission. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. It's per contract. Oh, it's per contract. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah, different thankfully. than stocks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nate, well, for it's me, like, I, it's, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say that, um, like, I know that I've been talking about this for a while now, but the, uh, the whole idea of like knowing when you're scalping, knowing when you're taking a move to move and knowing when you're taking a trade to hold, like, that's like one of the things that is super important for us that we don't really do that much. So like, whenever you were talking about this trade, you're basically saying I should have held. Um, but the hard part is like, how do you know where to hold to? So like my whole thing for like a move to move trade is it's basically always a trend continuation trade where you're taking a new higher low, you took that higher low right there to go long. Yeah. Well, if you're if your thesis is that it's a it's a front side trade, technically your entry at on a higher low should create a new higher high after. So your sell spot, at least for me, I like to sell like one to two ticks below the last higher high. So that high to the left on the top right Let's screenshot. See. Yeah, so I would sell like a couple ticks below that just in case we find resistance and make a new lower high for a backside trade. So yeah. like that's like a perfect move to move where instead you scalped it pretty much. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's like, like I, I mean, profit like here on the five minute probably just somewhere is, around here. Yeah, like the thing that's so hard is that bro, we had a ten point drop the day before, so yeah. it's like, do you really want to hold into a breakout? Like I wouldn't because yeah, that's going a long in general. Move in a macro bear market is tough, especially with the previous high of day right here. We had just tested, obviously shown rejection right here. Actually, I, I almost took the long here. And so I missed it, obviously, and reevaluated and took it here. I think the top, yeah, to take take profits into the high would have been a better spot um, or to even just move my stops up as I go with it. But you're right. I, I treated this like a scalp when it really should have been a, a move to move trade. Yeah. yeah. And I need, I definitely need to get better at recognizing which trade I'm taking when. Other than that, it was it was quite well planned out in terms of risk risk reward and um, confirmation wise. But I, I just really didn't have a take profit in mind. And that when when you don't have a plan, right, don't follow anything. You're just basing <laughs> basing it off emotion. Yeah, that's that. a two o'clock trade too. That's pretty crazy for a two o'clock trade. Yeah, it was quite late in, in the session and uh, I wasn't even really kind of planning on trading. But once I saw all these kind of higher time frames lining up and and us holding the pre-market high on the on the spy, I was just super confident that this was going to move. Um, but uh, I'm again, I'm trying to avoid buying dips. So I am like, I guess, uh, happy that I waited to see it start to confirm its move and just get in early on that because your risk really is not that much because you could have bought this dip on this red candle here which was yeah. the one that dipped below pre-market high on the SPY, and that could have just kept selling off. And um, next thing you know, you're holding a loser with no planned risk. At this point, I'm entering here with a set risk right here. That gold mine is VWAP, right? Yeah, yeah, this is VWAP here, yeah. So I could have risked VWAP, per se. But... Um, that's another thing holding above VWAP as well, right? Is especially on all these higher time frames, we'd finally gotten above VWAP. But uh, yeah, as you said, also Colby is such a significant sell-off recently. It's hard to catch, and not not hard to catch, but hard to hold a, a long trade. 
but we're also we we were due for some kind of pop at this point. You know, we're yeah. basically this is the the afternoon session. This is the morning session from the day before. So you're talking what 24, 30 hours somewhere in here. To me, honestly, that's a great trade. Even scalping, I wouldn't. I, I mean, you know me. My thesis is never go long in a in a micro backside um, <laughs> market. So, like, yeah. I'm basically saying, like, even today, obviously, we have these like what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven higher lows on a front side on the spy today on the two minute and i didn't take fucking one of them and what am i trading trend reversal shorts because all my whole thesis is that with that massive drop we had two days ago we're going to make a lower high we just don't know when so anytime you're going long you're basically just saying i i hope that this is not a lower high and we sell off here because it's going to happen at some point so like if you are going to go long scalp it you don't want to hold it for like a crazy move so if that was me trading down yeah i mean look at the like we had four days of green um the spy actually had five green days in a row maybe it was four but either way that's like extremely rare even uh, like on these huge drop days we had back in like march and whenever you have like four green days in a row and then in one day it deletes all of it plus some extra like that's where the momentum is. That's where you make the real money. You're not going to make money going long in this market right now. I mean, unless we already have, like if we're in that stage where it's dropping, 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 everyone's, you know, we're, we're like close to 348 or whatever the low was on uh, last year. And everyone's screaming like, oh my God, the market's going to crash. The market's going to crash. The market's going to crash. That's when you should maybe be looking for longs. But like for the last two weeks, every single person I know is like, dude, the market's going to be crazy this year. It's going to be 30% returns. Like all these people I watch on YouTube, they're all super bullish. And it's like, whenever everyone's bullish, that's when you need to be really ready for that big drop. And me and Nate were talking about it this week, but like we so undercapitalized on that massive red day that, you know, that's part of my- It felt so overdue too, right? It was just yeah. a strong bounce near yep. big resistance. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, yeah, Colby, you- uh... Or if, if Nate, if you're done or feel free to finish your sentence, but I was going to say, Colby, um, if you want to go afterwards, it kind of feels like yeah, I'll go ahead. hitting. Yeah, Colby, you can talk about it, but just touch on um, this is actually something I should have brought up. You guys can see my main screen now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is this 15 minute chart here? We really like we really undercapitalized on this because obviously this is proven supply zone. I think this was CPI bounced off of here. There was some other news here. I can't remember news catalyst. Then an overnight session pop because bank of uh, the Bank of Japan um, doing something. I don't even remember. But we just tested the supply zone so many times, and when we saw it start getting aggressive here, yeah, both Colby and I at, at, like around here were like, let's just not chase this, and that was that was a really uh, crucial error. So yeah, we fucked up bad. Definitely. Is there is there a lesson to take away there somehow? um yeah yeah for sure just know your levels right at this point this is a proven supply zone that we'd seen test so many times and to see it just fail with such aggression through here we should have we should have known it would probably retest the bottom of the range um because as you can see i mean cpi didn't do it all these all these interactions we could not break this zone we kind of got real packed in in the end of it here and then to just to lose all that with with the aggressive aggressive selling, I mean, uh, both Colby and I I think took a couple longs in here, which is just so dumb, man. Wow, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I didn't take a long. <laughs> you didn't take a long? 
maybe no. it was just me, but um, or maybe that was my other my other buddy. Maybe it wasn't Colby, but um, <laughs> either way, we we took some long. It was closer down here at this point, but on the on the five minute chart, it had just looked so 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 overextended. Yeah. But um, you know, at that point, you're just fighting a, a higher time frame trend, which is dumb. I think it's here. Can you guys still see this here? Yeah. So this this was the sell off on the five minute. And I think I started taking long somewhere down here. Maybe it was here. Maybe it was down here. I just felt that it was so overextended. But when you look in the 15 minute, we I, I had no idea where I was. I was taking longs before we were even at like this demand zone here. So that's kind yeah. of added to the that is why I took I started focusing the next day on really where we are in the higher time frames because that is crucial for for large caps for sure. Yeah. You see this with small caps too though like when if you start trying to this is this is why I don't usually trade backside is because I'm a long bias trader and once you're on the backside at best you're going to get that 2 3% pop and talking about small cap world, it's going to be different percentages for you guys. So you're going to get that small pop, but you're always going to risk that five, 10% continuation sell off. So it's just like a negative risk reward strategy when you trade, when you're long biased on a backside. So that's why long biased, you want to be over VWAP, you want to be trading the front side because then it has those 10% pops and then consolidation, 10% pops, consolidation. So. Yeah, that's literally yeah. like the golden rule of everything for trading for me, at least. <laughs> like, that's really like number one thing always is like know where your trend is. If you don't know where it is and you're trading opposite of the trend, you literally are having a one to one risk reward with a 30% win rate. Like, yeah. that is so badly negative. Like, yeah. it's not even close. Like, it's one thing if you have a, a 3R and you have a 30% win rate, but fucking, you can't have a 30% win rate with a one-to-one -one risk reward. It's just yeah. terrible. That's like the worst. And, and we all make that mistake. So it's it's not like um, pointing fingers or anything. Uh, and oftentimes you have to sometimes even make it once or twice till you realize, oh, wait, we, we're on the backside here. What am I doing? Or whatever uh, yep. long or short bias you're, you're, you're doing, but yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it. If I look back at my stats through 2022, obviously massive bear year in, in general. And most of the days I really got crushed were days I was just buying dips on aggressive sellouts. And that's simply because I, I had no idea where I was on the higher time frame. Yeah, really good lesson. Um, I guess Colby, you wanna you wanna dive right into it? Let's get it. Can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my first lesson is that uh if you don't know what the setup is that you're going to trade, you should never be trading that. And like I've done this like, well, first of all, like whenever we started trading, let me set a timer real quick so I don't go too far. Um, whenever we started trading large caps last January, me and Nate were pretty much, we had no strategy. We had no idea what was going on. No trend following strategy, no trend reversal strategy. There was just, it was pretty much like, oh, the spy is green today and it's popping right now. Let's long NVIDIA. Like that was our whole strategy for like three months. And then we evolve a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then, you know, for the last like six months, I've been really trying to like find every parameter that I possibly can to give me more confidence in every trade that I take, which is basically knowing like, when is a trend continuation trade really good? When is it really bad? When are trend reversals really good? When are they really bad? And that's my whole idea of me making up those terms of like macro, micro, intraday. Because if you combine them together, you can know like when a trend is going to be really good. Obviously, if we're in a macro bear market, micro bear market, and then which micro could be 
you know, like I would consider right now a micro downtrend because two days ago we had a 3% day, red day. So like on a day like today, it should be really good to take a trend reversal short. It should be because you have the macro pushing down, you have the micro pushing down and on the intraday, it's going up. So like whenever a trend reversal occurs, it should be at the new lower high and it should have like strong momentum to the downside. So this is yesterday's trading and, um, we were, this is the day after the, uh, the big red day. And we had like a little uptrend in the pre-market and it started to come down. And I was like, I think today, I don't know why I thought this. I just thought today was going to go long, which this is yesterday. And I, I like instinctually just randomly bought a call option in my Weeble account. That was like a, still a pretty good size. Like it was a 40 share, 40 Delta, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, my whole thesis was Apple broke high of day. That was literally my entire thesis. And like, okay, that's so dumb to start because you can't have a whole trade thesis on literally just like a one tiny little indicator. Like, why am I trading the SPY when one of its stocks breaks high of day? That is so dumb. So obviously I lost on this. And the whole reason is that I had no setup. There was no trend continuation, no trend reversal. There was, I mean, nothing at all. I mean, maybe like a, you could say this is like, uh, higher low because this is the low of day and like I'm looking for a higher low, but I didn't have anything to risk off of. Like if I would have done, if that was the case, then I would have had to risk low of day. Well, what's my risk reward? What, like a point to the upside and a dollar fifty to the downside? That's awful. So that was stupid. And then I did it again, like an hour and a half later, I saw that we, we broke low of day and this was a new low um, on the week. And we rejected really hard. And I was like, ooh, that's kind of nice because making it lower low, you should continue technically if you're in a backside market. Since we rejected, I was like, this might go long. I wait for a pullback to risk off of this area. I get in, immediately lose. So I just lost two trades back to back. And then uh, I had to stop trading. Uh, and then sadly, later in the day, you can see like, here's a trend right here. And we have one, two, three four contact points and then we break it pull back this is the trend break area i don't know why i'm not showing you the fucking chart but um this is the trend break area and this is where i could have actually taken a long and it would kind of a little bit make sense because i could have gotten long in this area which is the trend break zone obviously trend broke now this is where you want to get in and I could have risked low of day and had a reward. But even then, it's still not good because, yeah, like after the fact, you can look up and be like, oh, wow, this had a huge green move. But I'm not holding for that in a backside market. I'm holding for a new high. So this red line right here, this is where I would have taken my profits. So this is still a negative R trade because if I'm if I got in anywhere in this spot, I wouldn't have got in at the perfect low. Hell no. I would have been shitting my pants because I would have got in right here and it would have been dropping the whole time. So I probably would have got in here because this is where the oval area is. And that risk below compared to reward is still negative. And for a trend reversal, that's just pretty bad. But even if I took this trade and lost, I would have been way happier than taking these two trades because these two trades, there was just no setup at all. And I was just trading based off of a hunch, which is just, it'll never work. Um, so my main, my main lesson is just never take a trade unless you can at least have a setup because whenever I lose on a trade that I have a setup, I'm not that mad. Like at least I had an idea and like, I can be wrong. Like losses are part of the business of trading and that's just how it's going to be. And yeah. Uh, my second lesson 
is that I need to always pay attention to where the macro trend is at and always be ready for the next lower high whenever we're grinding up. Because when these days occur, we have huge trends and I never should just stop trading on a day where we have a massive trend and I got profitable. So this is the trend day where we uh, had like, what was it? A 3% red day. Um, the trade I took was fucking great. Like on a normal day, this is a great trade. Like it's an awesome, like I would have loved to just walk away and come back at the end of the day. And this stock did not drop 3% because I'd be like, oh, I had a good trade. Okay. So it looks great right here. Like I got in short, right? So we have a setup. Good. Right. We have a lower high on the micro time frame. another lower high. This is the weekly high above. We fail. We have a trend line here. We have one, two, three, four, like five points of contact. The trend breaks. We pull up. This is the trend break zone. I'm trying to get in as close to that spot as possible so I can risk the high of day. And since we dropped so much, you can kind of get in a little bit below it because if it came the whole way back up here, we're going bullish. So I got in a little bit early. And then we get this awesome move lower where I get a full point on a 40 share 40 delta options trade them on Weeble. And like, if you look at this day, like that's a damn good trade because I mean, once the day starts, like if you ignore pre-market from low of day right here to high of day, it's 398.40 to 400. That's like a $1.50 total of the whole range of the day. And my trade was one point. So if I got one point out of $1.50 of the whole day, that's a fucking good trade. And, uh, but then watch, watch this. So yeah, there's oh, my trade man. up there. That <laughs> tiny little piece of shit trade. Look at that. So I can't be mad at this because like when I took this trade, I didn't know it was going to break down 3%. I had no fucking clue. I thought that was a great trade. And obviously it did break down and I missed out on um, six points of upside. So I sold this contract. I bought it at like, 180, 180, I sold it at 222 and it went by end of day, it was at 680. So I left $400 of profit on the table. And since I got in this trade, knowing it was going to be a move to move. So the whole idea is like what I was telling Nate on a move to move, you're looking for a trend continuation. I get in at the new lower high. I'm looking for a breakdown of a lower low. And I even sold lower than that because I was looking for kind of like a low of day uh, retest. So that's a good trade for a move to move. But the problem is once it kept going, I just left and I was like, oh, you know, I didn't, I didn't like even, I didn't even think to try to scalp these, these lower highs. Like this is a really clean lower high. This is a lower high. That's pretty clean. This is a lower high. That's yeah. And then it, throughout the day, it gets a little bit worse, but even by end of day, we dropped. I don't know if this is the full day or not. Yeah, it is. But I just missed out on so much and I don't know why that happened. So I basically went into this, um, like, how does, how do I know whenever a new lower high is going to form? Cause like we have these rare opportunities in the market where you can short right here, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. And then two days ago where your risk reward is literally like 15 R like if you get in early and you hold all day, and you're risking like high of day and you're expecting an end of day, low of day, um, basically like it's going to close at the low of day, 
then uh, that's like a ridiculous opportunity that only happens like, you know, here's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, it's like 10 times a year you get that opportunity. Here's a green version of it, which is still disgusting because I don't want to long in a bear market. But um, yeah, so like I need to know more. Where are we? on the bigger time frames, Like this is just a clear hundred percent every single fucking time. This is a huge backside market. We're hitting this massive trend line. We're at the 200 moving average. We have the 61.8 fib and every single person in the entire world's talking about it. And it still worked. Like if everyone in the world is saying, holy shit, the market's at the 200 moving average, 61.8 fib, the big downtrend. And everyone's like freaking out. They're like, oh, the market might actually go higher. It's going to go higher. And it doesn't. Holy shit. Get short. Because that is crazy momentum when everyone's watching this stupid little line. Like you literally could have just sat on your ass all year and waited for it to touch this line and shorted and you'd make like 50% like on a, on an options contract, way more than that. Hundreds of percents. Um, and I just don't know how I'm uh, like, how many times do I have to see this shit to notice that that's like a once <laughs> in a couple months opportunity. I just don't get it. And then right here, this is like my little, uh, like you can see all these, these are whatever I call like micro uptrends. That's like the whole point of me saying that. And uh, you can see like, as the year goes on, they get like, they're getting weaker and weaker. Like this is super strong, like immediately up 10%. This is like a 15, 20% uh, run straight up. This is straight up again. This is like getting a little bit more curved. And then most recently, this one was very grindy. It dropped a lot. Um, and then now we're in another little tiny version of like this huge trend. And whenever like it's getting weaker into this, into this massive downtrend, I should have been ready. Like I should have known and been ready for this massive red day that was going to occur. And I just didn't. Um, and then like, this is the last thing I have to say, but this is a, this is a 30 minute time frame. I'm about to lose on this short that I'm still sitting in, but fuck me. But, uh, this is the, this is like the last like five days or like last like six or seven days in the 30 minute time frame. We have just consistent higher highs back to back, higher, low, higher, low, higher, low, higher, high, higher, low uptrend. Okay, cool. You have a trend line right here. It has one more point of contact. That's not in this screenshot, but we have one, two, three back there, four right here. I was short right here. And once we made a lower high, like we held this high here and we made a new lower high. That's whenever you should be like, okay, maybe sellers are about to step in here and it like really push this lower because even on these days, like, like, yeah, we crashed huge here at the open. This is also like a CPI or PPI day or one of those, but we still made a higher high. So if you're making a higher high, the momentum is going to be mostly long. So you, you shouldn't really short this and be like, oh, we're going to drop 3% today. Same with this. We made a higher high and we dropped, but you shouldn't expect like a massive failure of the structure whenever we're still making higher highs. Once we made that lower high, that's whenever I should have been like, okay, this could actually really break the fundamental structure of the market right now. And we could move a lot lower. We break this trend and then we just continue and continue for, I don't know, it was something like five, five or six points past where I sold. So yeah, I just need to be more aware of like, where are we in the market? How do I capitalize on these crazy trend days that uh, that only happen like 10 to 12 times like in a year? And if you get one of these days, you literally will make months of profit. And that's, that's where I fucked up.
Well, like like you said, <clears throat> you know, how many times you have to see it to, to start actually trading it correctly. Every time you see it, and it's the same experience with us in the small caps. Like every time you see it, it you're slowly getting more experience and then you get more confident uh, when you see that next setup again. And every time you see it again and again and again and again, after years and years and years, you just slowly build that that library in your head and that intuit that learned intuition as Ross calls it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you'll be able to take those setups. And when you do take that setup, instead of selling near that low a day, you're going to be adding for yeah. that continuation downwards. And you're going to be able to capitalize that on that. Yeah, for sure. I like that learned intuition. That's cool. I think this is why bad trades, like little messy scalps here and there, I'll share some, some I've had messy trades. They, they ruin our confidence. So they're not even, even that, you know, 2% you would have made almost doesn't matter because the, the confidence it ruins for that, that bigger focus trade is, is really the loss sometimes. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I haven't thought about that. I've been thinking about that a lot recently uh, because yeah, if you have like three red trades in a row on some shitty setup and then there's a good setup and you just, you take your profits way too soon because you just condition mm-hmm. your brain that nothing works. Well, yeah. you're, you condition your brain that nothing works on bad setups. Now you're training a good setup with the wrong mentality. That's yeah. like my entire, I've done that a lot. <laughs> that's why I have, this as my main fuck up of the week because whenever I take a trade, there's no setup. I'm just like, Oh, I suck. And it's like, no, you don't suck. You're just a, you just took a trade that literally had nothing backing it whatsoever. And like, those are the trades that are so dangerous because you might win on that shit. Yeah. Like that's the scary part. Like when I take a bad trade and I win, holy hell, goodbye for the next two weeks. Cause I'm going to take that trade again. And it's like, and I'm going to lose like 16 times and be like, what the hell happened? Like I was doing so good and I won on a shitty yeah. trade. That's why. So yeah. amen. Yeah. So oh, quick question uh, before we move on, unless someone else has more questions. Uh, what what uh, trend lines are you using here just for reference? Like you got a light blue, a blue. Oh, yeah. So uh, pretty much any light blue that's like angled, that's like a, a two minute trend. And then these are, this is VWAP. Right. And then I have a 200 moving average, which is the gray. The 50 moving average is the blue. And then the 25 moving average is this lighter one. The 25 has actually been really nice for identifying trends. And then the 50 is like a really good confirmation that if you get the trend reversal, you're right. If you get below that line, like if we're trending up and it's above the 50 and the 25 and we break below both of those and you're in a short, hold. Because we're probably going to continue a little bit more. So you can see it right at end of day there. Yeah. Yeah, literally. I mean, if you put a trend right here and it broke, and then you get in right here and we get below the 50 and the 25 boom continued yeah a lot really good point i might have to add a, a slower because i have the 9 ema but maybe i should throw like a 13 ema or something in there or- yeah i've had the nine for a while and i just didn't like it. it's way too you just get chopped up so much with large caps at least yeah no for large caps the nine ema is too tight um yeah but for me trading the small caps it it like perfectly cups those those bull yeah, for sure. Sometimes yeah. it breaks it lightly. Now those are even now, better. When you say 13, Alex, you're talking for that same reason to confirm to confirm the move almost. Because yeah, I know you're just, trying to work on holding more. Exactly. Cause I'll get I'll get chopped out exactly like uh, Colby was saying. And then I'm like, wait a second, we're, we're still in trend. Like, why 
why did I do that? And sometimes I don't even acknowledge the fact that it, it, it cut, let's say the nine EMA pop back above and it's actually holding, which is really bullish because you, you kind of had like a bit of a hammer candle. It came right back again. It's like, and then those oftentimes have huge continuations, but I won't even be getting back in it because I just have, I get super biased sometimes and that's a frustrating place to be. So maybe, maybe having an, another confirmation. Yeah. Another, yeah. another way you could do it is to do like, you know, even psycho psychologically, if I can just put in like 25 shares, just put in 25 or for me, 25 shares, is like super, super small size on a small cap, just psychologically me already being in the trade. It gets me to, it, it makes me feel like I'm more active in the trade and then I can add to that position uh, mm -hmm. if I'm looking to find an entry. So even if you take, you know, 24, very small size, let's say for you, maybe would be like a couple hundred shares. Uh, it gets you to look for that area to add instead of being like, oh, I can't find, I can't find the entry. I can't find the entry. It's just ripping without me. And I completely missed the move. Uh, Cause a lot of times you'll see that pop, go for that high a day. You wait for that pullback that never comes and then it'll rip up another 10 or 20%. And now you're trying to wait for that dip and it just, it never comes. And then you feel like it's too extended. So if you can just put in that starter, even if you think it's still a little bit high, you're on such small size that a loss wouldn't do anything, but it gets you to be more willing to add risk if it starts to show more strength going into the high. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a little bit like the whole dipping your toes in, you know, just you're, you're already in it. So you're. It, it, for some reason, you, you don't get frozen. Psychology. Yeah, no, it's I like really that weird. a lot. I like that a lot. Makes sense to me. Um, great, great share so far, guys. Uh, Tom, I guess, do you want to go or should I go? Yeah, um, I can go. It's going to be pretty quick. Um, this week, I didn't trade much because of the whole move and lots of things going on. Uh, so my biggest lesson then of the week is going to be um, when you're in a state of transition or you have a lot of things going on in your personal life, whether that be like change in work status, relationship status, family changes, traveling, relocating, etc. Um, it's usually a good idea to either have no trade days, either size down if you're going to trade or and also trade less during the day. Because your mind is like somewhere else, you're not completely focused uh, on the day because if you're in a state of, well, for me, I was moving, there's just so many things going on that I had to make sure had to be in order for me to complete the move. There was just, had such a large to-do list that my mind wasn't completely focused in trading. And that actually, I was able to get... And actually caused me to get more emotionally triggered when I did take a loss and I would quickly snowball into a bigger and bigger loss. And which happened when I was at a hotel, um, I was like, my goal was just to get small green. And I took a couple losses. I'm like, oh, I just got to get small green, got to get small green. And then Alex was like, you know, my worst days are the days that I have other things I need to get done. And agreed on that for sure. <laughs> and I just sit in the computer all day to try to make back losses and just snowball. So I was able to walk away, but 
for example, just that situation emotionally, like I wanted to stay in that seat. I wanted so bad to keep trading and try to make it back. But the best decision was to, um, to get back to what I needed to do so I can complete the move because I had so many things going on. Yeah, 100% bro, because I've, I've noticed I've, I do quite a bit of traveling as well. And every single time that I trade the morning of a travel day, I have what I call block days, which is well beyond max stop red days. Yeah, so I, I change them to block days. And it's <laughs> almost every time I travel, I, I force myself into one. And it's usually before 10 o'clock, which I generally have a rule of. I like to give that first 30 minutes to see how the market starts to develop, see if it's ranging, see if it's trending. And then on my travel days, next thing I know, it's 9.53 and I'm <laughs> double max loss. And I'm yeah, like, man, and then you want to stay there and try to make it back. But I get yeah. that's why like um, Ross, you know, with someone like Ross, like he's got so much experience. And he said he's he's only took one week off when he was on vacation. Every other vacation he was working, he, he traded. And, you know, I like his psychology or his mindset of just, you know, if I can just get green and get out, you know, for 30 minutes or an hour just to make some profits, it feels like um, you made some sort of progress or you, you're taking advantage of, you know, the market while it's open. Uh, so I do, I do subscribe to that. Like if I can trade, I will trade, but there's gotta be that line in the sand where you're like, you know, if you don't want to be spending your vacation sitting on the computer, that's the, that's the main thing. Uh, yeah. We're upset about a red day. Yeah. And that too. Yeah, we're vacation. upset. Yeah. That energy, yeah. that, that negative energy you're going to be carrying with you for the rest of the day. I, that happened to me in Utah recently, this last year I was, you know, we wanted to get up early cause it was going to be a powder day. And it was only like, it was like a Thursday or something, which is typically a good trading day. So I was like, all right, well, you know, in Utah, I get up at like four something and then, which is basically 7am. Well, it's 5am is 7am. So, uh, oh yeah, I got a little bit of time to trade and that was a max loss day. I had over a thousand dollar red day. And it was because I was even in a trade and I was like, all right, you know, I got a couple more minutes for this trade. So I just rushed it, cut it, popped up. Then I chased it flushed yeah. again stopped out again <laughs> i remember it like it was yesterday i was like ah oh, like i know what i'm doing but i'm doing it all wrong because i got i got a place to be and then that whole ski day i was like kind of upset yeah. yeah yeah not even enjoying the moment at that point yeah it, that really sucks so when i went to uh north italy in zutiol for skiing last year i just took the whole week off and then after that trip i i didn't open my laptop once on this trip and i don't think i've done that for years and then after that trip, I had 20 green days in a row, <laughs> you know, so it's just yeah, like, good. boom. So I, I missed some good trades that week. Somehow it happened to be one of the better weeks last, last week. That's last year. That's always how it is somehow. But uh, I don't know. I think, I think net it probably was green, that whole experience to take those days off. So yeah, I, I, I subscribe to it. Ross's too, and it's hard not to want to trade, but time off is also really powerful. Yeah, definitely, definitely powerful to have time off. But, you know, a lot of us who uh, have like this positive mindset of like, we're going to make money every single day when we take a day off. It's like, uh, I just like, I don't know, it feels like I'm missing, missing out. It feels yeah, like it's... I sh like I should be green or is going to be green today. But sometimes, you know, taking that day off, you actually could be avoiding a red day. So you just have to think about that flip side as well. Like you never know if you took that week off. If you didn't take that week off at skiing, it could have been a red week. You know, yeah, you and then know, you'd have yeah uh, two two expenses. 
it's it's tough, man. You took your birthday off recently, right? Well, it's because we're off. (laughs) (laughs) It was was Monday. Luther King Day. Okay, yeah. I wouldn't have taken the day off, but hey, you could have traded futures, man. Nate, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Futures, right? (laughs) Dangle the options and futures in front of you. No, seriously, bro. If anyone's the biggest (laughs) DJ I've ever fucking met, it is Nate. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's I think, it. Uh, that's, the, that's all nice. I had to share. Nice. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Sorry. No, go go. Um, dude, like we are all so addicted to trading. It's ridiculous, dude. Like so, I don't so addicted. Like we don't even know how addicted we are. Like we we just think like, oh, I'm I'm just trying to make money. No, the fuck you aren't. Okay, like it's a <laughs> bad day to make money. Like how many signals do you possibly need? Like you're literally driving across the country and you're like, I'll just. It's no big deal. I'll just take one trade. Yeah, okay. Literally, like, legit. Have, have any of you guys gambled, gambled in a casino? Poker, that's it. Not really. Nah, I'm not. I don't yeah. even like that stuff, to be honest. I don't like going to casinos or anything. I'll, I'll have poker night with friends sometimes, but that's about it. Yeah, I've never done either. I think it's just, I like, I don't know. I, I just like the, I guess it's a dopamine rush when you trade. When you have a nice green trade, like that feeling. Definitely. is just, <laughs> It's so amazing. I, I have to keep trading. Yeah. I, have, I can't stop this. It's just because, oh, I, I don't know, it feels so good to wake up and find that trade. And, you know, if you can sometimes you successfully have that perfect trade and it just feels amazing. Um, I mean, who doesn't want to wake up, open their laptop, sit at home and make money, man? Yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, how's, how's your guys' partners? Are they like, Cause I know mine's always, always like, how's the market today? And I'm, you know, I'm like, Oh, nothing's happening. And she's like, well, then you shouldn't be trading. <laughs> Don't know. My, girl, my girlfriend knows more on my trading rules than I do. And, uh, she was trading bro, and I thought about a trade. She'd be a fucking millionaire next week. I swear to God. Dude, the yeah. other day, this is so funny. You said that I, I fucking had like that nice trade on the the big red day, whatever. And I was just sitting there. I was like, you know what? I feel really good about the market recently. Like, I feel like I really, I really like understand something that I just didn't know about before. And I, I, my girlfriend came over here and I was like, babe, I really think I like, I cracked something. And she said, whoa, (laughs) calm down. Okay. I've heard this shit before. Every single time you you say you crack something, you have a big red streak. So you better humble yourself. And she, I was like sitting there like, Damn, bro! I got a drill. <laughs> <Take notes. laughs> but right. I've been red for two days since then. It's like, yeah, it's hilarious, dude. It's so true. It's stressful. Um, yeah, I'll I'll quickly do mine. Uh, it's it should be pretty straightforward. I have a few trades. I just snippet um, took a took a screenshot of. Um, I was also going through the the tickers with you guys, spy and slash mes and. All that fun stuff. Um, oh, so I just cool, have, man. yeah, I just have. That's why I was asking. So I was trying to make it look like my chart, so I could kind of walk through them with you guys. Um, See, so yeah, I just update my watch list. I titled this this week more of the good, less of the bad, and that's kind of what I was saying. You know, those little trades that you trip over and then you miss the good stuff. Um, just a quick little analysis. Make sure that I know the the big macro stuff. I don't like to be in trades when macro news drops, unless it's kind of like unnecessary and like not so important like building permits but like ppi cpi 
all that stuff. I mean, um, you don't want to be in a trade before, unless that's your trading strategy, but if it's not, then, then freaking run for the woods. Um, and then I took a little bit of notes of what you guys were saying, but, uh, I also kind of put my lesson here, uh, actually right here. It says short week, a little bit slower than the previous, but, uh, still some big opportunities, short, slower, as in less, I felt like there was less action, but there was still big opportunities. I walked away with $500 profit this week. So not like crazy, but at least it wasn't red because I've been pretty sloppy lately. Um, for many reasons, I don't even know. Um, obviously, because I'm trying to hold longer and it really is throwing me around. I talked about that last week. Um, so, you know, scratch, two scratches, and then yesterday I made 300, and then today I made two something. So basically $500 profit week. Um, I'll quickly talk about these, these trades that I mentioned here, and they're pretty much all open, but I'll just open it again one-on-one -on -one so I don't forget. Um, the main lesson though, that pretty much every trade talks about is limit downside, but not limit upside. I don't know if I spelled, I feel like the grammar there could be better, the syntax, but, but there's so many times where I cut a trade for no reason and I'm basically limiting the upside or I get out of the trade for no reason. Um, but then I let the trade run to my max stop. And, uh, Nate was talking about that last week where it's like, yeah. if you're going to let a trade run to your max stop. You got to at least let it run to your first profit zone. So you have a one-to-one -one risk reward. Otherwise, you know, what are, what are you doing? Um, Unless so you're I, scaling out of losers and no one does that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's, that's a little bit of the situation that happened this week. Let's see close. So here's a trade I closed out right before a major rally. Although no new lows were in or a stop happened. And this was 10 minutes after the market opened. Um, so this this was uh, CYAD, the big runner, and I'm looking for that higher low to come in. Might be a little bit hard to see here on the one minute, but basically we had a big sell off. I took some trades here. This is the one minute chart, by the way. I took some some trades, made a little profit, closed it out, and then I sized in again right here on this higher low. It popped Beautiful. up barely to the nine email. I closed it. And Look at that entry, yeah. <laughs> And right afterwards, it just rips up. And then I do some FOMO trading. And then I think I had a big loser here. And then I was like, well, great. Um, that was so, like purely emotional trading. You hold that trade. That's what, 80% um, winner? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have been like an 80% winner. It was, it would have been really, really nice. Let's see. This is the five minute. I think I can go back far enough. Um, yeah, this one. Um, I had an entry literally like right here. It popped up barely and i just closed it and then yeah. i was like why did i do that and then i didn't get back in and yeah this this was even bigger i mean from from my entry here to, it was like a hundred plus move i obviously i think i would have sold mostly around vwap especially on the break of vwap i think i would have probably sold everything um this move but that's already at, at least a two that's sort of got to be a three to one risk reward at least right four to one yeah i mean you're barely risking like five percent here and actually yeah. only even yeah. Okay. You're all pro Yeah. Definitely risking maybe like 5%, but um, yeah, exactly. The, 40% the upside. And yeah. it's, I'm it's surprised honest. you didn't take that through the next leg actually. Me too. I, I was so shocked. I was like, why didn't I trade this on VWAP? Why didn't I trade it here? And then all, because I didn't trade all this and I had so much FOMO, I started trading, you know, these worse setups later. Um, yeah. 
But this was such a big pullback. We were at the 78 per, uh, percentile. I usually don't use the, um, I don't use the, what's it called? The regression uh, Fibonacci retracement. But I did this in hindsight, just to kind of throw, throw some lines on, on top of my typical daily support and resistance that I draw. And it was kind of interesting how, how perfect they were this time. And I did it from, if you guys don't know how this works, it's pretty straightforward, but you go to Fibonacci and let me just do it on the five minute chart. So it's a little bit easier to see. Let me remove it. So all I did was go to Fibonacci retracement. I went to this 45 and the high here is 386, which is like, uh, about the, yeah, there it is. And that's all I did. And, um, you can see it perfectly went uh, went to that support zone. Um, so yeah, the the mistake here again is oh boy is exactly what I said with limit downside but not the upside. I should have had my stop in place, you know, that simple. And if I get executed, if the stop gets triggered, so what? But otherwise, you know, move the stop up, so on and so forth, or take profits along the way. I've been doing that. And it's actually been working really well, especially when we're stuck in a range. I'm not trying to blindly trend follow forever. Um, but yeah, just let it run. Let's see. Literally the same thing again. This was <laughs> this was the trade I shared in the, the swing trading section today. Um, beyond painful. Now... <laughs> Oh, man that's tough <laughs> it's so fucked. Oh, man yeah after this happened um apr and i was just like you got to be kidding me um so this situation i start we have a higher low here uh we have this sell-off we pop up and now we're kind of forming that that um stare again i know it doesn't really look like a stare but this was a higher low or no this was the the low and now we're holding here it's not perfect technically this is the higher low um, so I should have been entering here. And I think that might have been the problem because I was holding this so long. And I, I was red on the day already, I think at this point. So I was, I oh know this was yesterday. I think I was slightly green, but like by 90 bucks or something. Uh, no, yeah, yesterday was a $300 profit. Now I remember that was Wednesday when I was slightly green. And I was just like, I need to stop. Uh, the... Or, or Thursday, it doesn't Tuesday, it doesn't matter. The point is at this trade, I was so exhausted. I was kind of done with trading and I just kind of closed it um, when I should have just put a stop in and basically left. Um, and it's pretty much that simple. Again, limit your downside, not your upside, because I would have been down to hold here and stop out. So why am I not down to at least hold to VWAP, the break of VWAP, and at least watch this nine EMA and follow the trend. I mean, look yeah. how perfectly that held this trend. Yeah, that's wild. I. I, I don't know. And so where you took profit, that, that's not even one-to-one -one risk reward, or it's hard to tell? because so I Actually, this was a, a loss. I lost $30 on oh, this. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so so, like, it, was, but it, so it wasn't even held to your maximum stop either, though. No, I was just kind of red, and I was like, yeah. ah, I don't like this trade. I'm going to close it. So, yeah, man. see, that, that's, that's tough because it, it's like I said earlier, if you don't have that specific risk or target in place, you end up trading it off emotion. Of Versus, yeah, it's the same reason I took profits on that trade that that I should have just held through simply yeah. because I, I didn't have I had a, a set risk, but I didn't have a, a profit zone. So I just took one to one took it when I could have got two, three to one. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. And I think for me, the problem is like it's a little bit of a new strategy. Um Oh, so damn, those I, are one minute candles, too. <laughs> yeah, these are one minute. I mean, look you at the five minutes, like five minutes. <laughs> 
the five minute looks like a freaking SpaceX rocket just went up. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it literally barely pulls back. Even even the red red candles are are tiny. I, I, you know, this one's obviously a little hectic at this point, but uh, I mean, that's already a giant move. Anywho, this this ticker has like no volume, so there is something else I said here. Like I mentioned, a lot of my videos, like you know, trade the best, leave the rest, and the best usually is a ticker with over a million plus in shares being traded. So like, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't even be trading this ticker because there's more exciting stuff. For example, uh, GNS. And I don't like trading sub dollars. That's why I didn't trade uh, GNS. And then it was uh, up like 15X today. And uh, that just makes me really uncomfortable. But I just wanted to point this out here. And on the five minute, you can see where this arrow starts. It's right here. So this gives a little bit more perspective. But here, guess what? We have a higher low here, technically. Um, we we held support below BWAP. We pop back up. And guess what? We're making that another higher low right here. This is a good five-minute setup. And it's just continuation from there. We're above VWAP. So that would have been something great. And look at the volume here. Over 1 million shares being traded per minute. Guys, this is the hot ticker. This is where all your eyes need to be, at least for me and my strategy. Like, why am I not trading this? Um, yeah. And sometimes I'll be too focused on something with no volume or something like that. Um, yeah, just a quick question, Alex. Can you go back to that chart? For you, if you, if you were planning to enter on that, uh, where that arrow is, are you entering on the pullback or are you entering on the once it holds VWAP and starts a breakout? So my my old, old not really old strategy, I still kind of do both, which is not healthy. But uh, the way I have been doing it is typically I'll be trading these candles for a breakout. And then I wouldn't trade this, but I would trade it on this green candle looking for the breakout again. to recover, yeah. So like I don't buy into sell-offs usually. Um, now, as I'm trying to hold a little bit longer, I'm trying to make sure I have better risk reward. So I would probably start sizing in on the nine EMA with like VWAP as my stop or something. But then I also want to remember if I close and I stop out and it does pop back up, it's okay to re-enter. I really want to yeah. drill that into my head because Especially so many times this confirms the move. Right. There's so many times I, I stop out and I just say, okay, I'm done with this ticker. And then literally two minutes later, it does the move. So that's just how stocks are. They try to shake people out. They try to get people on the wrong side. So it's okay to stop. Yeah. out. It's actually great. Take a small loss, but then be ready to change gears again. You know, stop being butthurt <laughs> and go for it. And don't don't yeah. wait until oh, it's over here and then start having FOMO and then getting in, right? Um, yeah. So that's that's Alex. A- before you yeah. leave that chart, um, no, for me, back. for me at least, like if I'm doing any trend trading, um, if I'm not willing to hold for the previous uh, higher low, like that entry spot, like right above VWAP, if you're not willing to hold for the breakdown through the last low then you shouldn't even be in that trade because if you're going to look for the upside, you have to hold for the trend to hold. And if the trend's going to hold, it's just going to make a higher low. So the only, like, that's why I've been thinking a lot recently about the, like, where's the fundamental break of this structure? And the fundamental break of that structure would be a new lower low because if it's in an uptrend, it should make a higher low. So if you're going to get in on a higher low, you have to risk at least the previous higher low or it makes no sense to even trade it. So you're saying screw VWAP. You're saying yeah. maybe something like stop those industry. lows. Yeah, that might I don't require know. you to enter a smaller share size, but you can always add once it starts to confirm the move. Like I literally have a trade yeah. that I took right now that I just lost on, and I swear to God, I stopped out one tick below the high. And if I would have put my stop at the high exactly, 
I would have made, um, I would have been green on the day. And I just lost because I had my stop one tick below the high. Cause that would have been that to me, that was like, Oh, the fundamental structure change is above the high. And, um, I put it right below the high instead of putting it at the high and I just lost. And now this is continuing to go and I'd be up 10 points right now, but mm. yeah. So that was too tight of a stop basically. Yeah. 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 I, I totally feel you there. And, and I think with sizing in smaller, I think is a good idea at first. And then adding into the winners is sometimes a good idea. Maybe this market is a little tough right now, but in markets with a bigger continuation, we are getting more continuation lately, but um, like when you're scalp trading, you typically know it's a good trade, like right away. Um, and when it's a yeah. red trade, you're typically already red and you just get more and more red. So it's, it's, uh, I know with like futures and, and SPY, there's a lot of chop action and large caps, there's a lot of chop action, but probably in a general, if you compress that time frame, it's kind of the same situation. Um, yep. so in a way I could, when I realize you know, especially at this point, I'm getting more and more green. Like, let's just keep adding into this winner. Probably, probably not adding into it as it's going down. You don't want to add into losers. No. <laughs> that's just the, not the hard way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it sounds so illogical because it's like, oh yeah, let me reduce my you know cost per per unit. But it's it's you can totally... add lower. I allow myself to add lower if the structure if the structure is still valid, like uh, Colby says. You know, if yeah. it hasn't broke the the structure, yeah. your downside risk, you can actually get a better risk reward if you if you keep your stop loss, your your mental stop, and add lower. It's still uh, you're actually getting a better risk reward. Yeah, no, I yeah, that's true. I do agree with that. I think the problem is is you you mentally move your stop potentially. Um, yeah. So it's you're actually you're you're absolutely right. As long as you still follow your original trade idea, um, yeah. I, think that's, that's I do remember when that's tough. Yeah, yeah, I do remember when I used to trade small caps, which is seems like forever ago. But my biggest days were always red days, and it was always because I was <laughs> trying to average down right at around the point I would stop. I would get a flush through, stop all of them out, and it'd just be. I, I just like would want to flip that stat around. Because maybe you're in a winning trade, you're, it's looking like it's going to break out and, and you add to it and it doesn't work. Well, you still take a moderate size loss because you're just, you're adding ideally smaller um, once you're already in the green. But um, if it does break out and, and move in the direction that you think it's going to, that's going to wipe out days of losers. Yeah. So uh, it's something that we could all be doing. Um, large caps, small caps, doesn't really matter. And, and I definitely need to get better to, at that. And that's the reason why I'm trying to see confirmations of moves now, buy into the strength and then add, which yeah. I need to still practice a lot because I'm pretty I, sure. I guess, I, <laughs> I guess adding into losers is, it works. It can work, but it's definitely more of an advanced thing to do. And I think we're all capable of it at this point, but um, especially when you're just starting out, especially right now, because I'm pivoting strategies a little bit. It... Uh, it becomes a little bit more subjective, but yeah, um, I think I think adding here is totally fine. But then if it's down here and you're adding, oof, don't be adding there. Then yeah, yeah. at this point, you should be yeah. probably getting close to cutting. And uh, like somebody mentioned, then if, if it flushes, then that quick five percent, then you're then you're really in for it. Um, 
But yeah, I'll quickly I think finish if you up. added above view up there, that's not a bad uh, average down there. Yeah, I, I agree. That's still a very appropriate ad. Um, this trade wasn't really like super exciting. Um, XTRX, I had some really nice trades early on here, um, but I actually was talking about this trade here where we kind of start a trend back to the upside. It's below VWAP. And for a long time, I didn't trade below VWAP. And I think this is why I'm messing up these VWAP trades so much because I don't have a lot of confidence in myself yet. But it's a nice it's a nice front side here. But I basically get in awkwardly on the breakout and then I take profits right away again. It was like really scalpy. I think it was basically a scratch trade um, when in reality, I I could have been buying here um, along the 9 EMA and wait for that move to VWAP. Um, this is not a great example, but it's just, again, one of those like very reactive trades when I should be kind of just following the trend a little bit better. Um, in this beginning area, um, I did kind of like my classic trading. This was actually pretty good. But again, uh, I bought here and I took profits here and then it rips up this section right here, which was really big profits or it could have been. So again, I'm limiting my upside, but I'm not really limiting my downside uh, as, as well. So again, limit downside, but do not limit upside. Um, obviously, if you're in a range trade, take profits at one point, have your profit target, but let let these trades move and you know start taking some profits off the table depending on your strategy. Um, There's really no reason we shouldn't be letting the market work for us. That's the whole point. Yes. Taking, taking scalps and a, a move that is actually trending in the direction that you think it's going to go is is just really is dumb, man, because you're almost working harder than you need to let it do it, do the work for you. I totally agree. It's a total waste of time um, to to be fighting the trend. Here's an example where I kind of fought the trend. I bought and then I quickly closed, um, but I still got some of this flush here. Um, so I bought here flushed and then I quickly closed. Luckily, I closed, but Again, kind of fighting the trend, just had that big flush below VWAP. That was a bad trade. Um, what I wanted to talk about here again on this one was we had a high, we had um, a higher low here. So we had a sell-off, 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 and now a higher low. I entered and it came up to VWAP and I took some profits. The problem was for some reason, I closed out some share size um, pretty early on. And then I again closed the last share size here for no reason on a green candle up when I missed all this um, upside potential. So here again, I limited my upside. Very, it's like almost half your position too, right? Or yeah, very frustrating just to do the same mistake. Um, and that's kind of where the scalper comes out because it's like technically as a scalp trader, it, it would have been really nice, but um, oh man, it's it's frustrating. The last trade I want to just quickly share here is ALLY. And this ticker I traded today and it actually ended up grinding up pretty nicely. But honestly, I think I would have got a heart attack if I just held this whole time. So I don't care about it. Plus, yeah. I would not stopped out. Um, it's ugly grind. It's a it's a terrifying grind. Yeah. But <clears throat> this ticker is up on earnings. It's a large cap. It had a big spike up and now it's pulling back to the nine EMA five minute breakout. We're above the former five minute candle, which is very bullish. So everything is looking good. So I start sizing into this candle, um, pulls back a little bit more here. I'm kind of ready to cut. It pops back up and then I add into my winner at this point. And then it rides up here to the 30, which if you see on the daily, 30 is just big time resistance. I was looking for that false breakout of 30. And then I took my profits and walked away. Now this was this was perfect. I think I did everything right on this trade and I was very happy about it. It's not like a huge winner or anything like amazing, amazing, but I'm just happy about my execution. So I wanted to share it really quickly with you guys of what a good trade, in my opinion, would look like. Um, 
I didn't blindly think, oh, let's let the, this one run because, you know, right now the SPY is kind of going red. Um, it did recover fully, but at the time it was, it was just had a huge morning panic. Um, so, yeah. and this is a large cap I and mean, large caps follow the market. So let me not blindly hold this big resistance here, big supply zone. Let me take my profits. Who knows what's going to happen, but, uh, let me just and end even the week. it did break that high though. That's the one that was grinding up later or no? Yep, yep. This is the grinder. So but that's just ugly. That's like it's ugly know, that's and not it's, worth it. So yeah, to me, it's a different trade. It's not really what I wanted. I was basically trading the range here, and this was the low, or this is the mid-range, and this is the high range. And I just kind of this is almost a range yeah. trade, in my opinion. In, but, in that instance, there, yeah, that was a really good take profit. Yeah, it's just too much for risk reason, otherwise. Yeah, for some reason, I always end up like holding long trades into supply zones and getting no continuation <laughs> and then i scalp the the ones with like a huge gap that it could fail for some for some reason so yeah i feel like i have so many stats i just need to flip around and, and it would you'll you'll get there better you know uh, being aware of them is step number two and i guess the last thing i yeah. wanted to mention here is oftentimes when you touch these supply zones you'll you'll at least get one big rejection off of it so yeah it could break later on but um at least expect a little bit of rejection first. So that one, that one's ETB, man. We could have hopped in short. <laughs> Shut the hell up. Profits. <laughs> <laughs> short the grinding green, baby. Me and Nate. <laughs> Dude, I don't know well, if I'll like ever flip from long to short in the same ticker, like the it, same minutes. That's heavy. Yeah, I almost did it yesterday, <laughs> and it would have worked, but it's probably not a good habit to get into. That is reckless. That's a good example of a move to move trade in like a large cap. That's not a mega cap. Like me and Nate trade mega caps, but uh, I like that. It well, it was a higher low and straight to a new higher high selling right into resistance. Cause it's in a macro backside move and that's great. Yeah. It's interesting, but yeah, that's why, that's why I don't say I don't trade large caps. Like if like, I didn't love the setups today. So I was just looking what the top gainers were and then ALLY popped up and yeah, sure. It's a large cap, but I was like, you know what? This is a classic setup. Like price action is very clean right here. Let me just jump on it. I sized in a little bit a lot more. Of shares on that too. Yeah. You, you almost have to, because I mean, you're not getting that 10% move, right? This perfect yeah. top to bottom is like 3%. So you got to, yeah you know, 3X, 4X your size a little bit here. Um, I've been trading pretty small share size this week, much, much less. Like I'm doing like three, $4,000 um, per trade. And this trade with Ali was 12 or $13,000, just to put it in perspective. But yeah, that's that's all for me. I want to show you guys some Max Payne real quick. Yeah, give it to us. <laughs> this is like a perfect like, no. example. <laughs> What's the trade you just took? Yeah, watch this fucking shit. Just, just Ooh, fuck me. Okay, hold on. the high. <laughs> All right, so uh, got a nice little trend up here, right? This, this was there was another trend right here, but this, this trend broke, and I took a short right here, and I lost. So that was my first loss of the day, and then I redrew the trend because whenever the trend you have a trend and it breaks to the upside, you have to redraw it. So I deleted this one, and then I waited for it to break again. It breaks right here. I enter short. And then I stop out like at a random area and I'm like, why the fuck did I even just stop out? Like I should be stopping out at the high. So I instinctually the DJ in me just gets right back in, right? I short right at the same spot. I just sold at for no fucking reason. <laughs> Breaking one of my rules, which is if you have two back-to-back -back red trades, you have to stop. So I broke that rule. So that's great. Um, and then I put my stop. I thought at the high exactly. But if you look, I literally put this um, 
one tenth of a point on the futures oh. low from the high. So that is five fucking cents on the spy. Okay. So I literally stopped out five cents from the high right here. And my target was right here at 43. So if, oh. if that wouldn't have happened, I would have made seven points. That would have put me back to like break even or a little bit green in the day. But instead now I'm down $50 because I fucked up and I didn't put it at the high. So that's just I my would, little- I always uh, go two, two ticks above. Yeah, I should have. That was just because sometimes insane. they fake one tick and they take out everyone fuck... that has their stop one one tick above. Like I literally, if I would have put it one tick higher, that's what a dollar twenty five extra risk to get my trade. And I yeah. just because I put it that little bit below, it's like damn. Stop that for one dollar could have made fifty. I think that's such a good lesson. Is what's the what's the overall trend reversal? Right, where's that higher high? And like you like you pointed out on my trade and that would that would have saved that would have made me tons of money this week that yeah, that, for sure. one, that, that would have been a three four thousand dollar trade that i just cut short for no reason yep so yeah Book wow trading. that was that, that was, was a really good, good review of call today i think um yeah i i like that that was that was solid man and it's funny because a lot of the lessons that you know even though you guys are trading something completely different than colby and i it's a lot of the same principles yeah, relate to all of us. Yeah, that trend trading strategy that you're doing, Alex, is like identical to everything that we're doing. So, like when I see that, I'm like, damn, you really need to risk that previous lower, that higher low, because it's like that's where the structure is broken, and that's where I'm looking at for my large cap trades. So, yeah, but I, I yeah, that's similar, similar logic, and I think even Tom could benefit from it because it's like, okay, well, what's what's the general trend? Are we higher lows right now? Um, even though you know you're you break out and then you're on the on the market orders buy sell buy sell it's heavy mm -hmm. but <laughs> but at least uh at least we're you know if, if it's the trend is in the right direction that's healthy um, yeah as opposed to making that low it's not even high of day or something like that but i i think you already know that it's kind of like the most yeah. basic there really is like a pro and con relationship with the scalping versus holding longer and in, in small caps um a lot of the times when small caps are just not hot those that when you're trying to hold long uh like a longer term you're gonna get stopped out a lot of times in that sort of market and it seems like you know at least last year there's a lot more days of choppy small cap market versus you know trend like a solid trending uh tickers on the day and on those days where it's choppy, I'm actually able to be green on those days uh, through just scalping. You know, I can profit off of a, a false breakout and then I can profit off of the dip after the panic sell off after the, the false breakout. That's just that's the other side of the scalping uh, as far as the benefits uh, that have that come with that. Yeah, I agree. This, this I do, year was I do good miss out on a lot of profit, though. If I if I can learn to to identify the type of market where you can hold longer, then, and if I'm able to switch that intraday, or you know identify that earlier in the day, I could definitely benefit from that as well. I think it's exactly what Colby said in the beginning. It's and I actually watched a video. I think of um, that Wolf Trader guy who was a soccer player. What's it? I forgot his name um Roland Wolf yeah Roland Wolf that's him he mm -hmm. was he was saying exactly what Colby was saying where it's 
First thing is you want to identify what market you're in. You always need to figure that out first. And you know what? If it's summer 2022 where nothing's happening, like don't look for that 100% front side continuation because you're yeah. just not going to get it. But if it's, you yeah. know, the GME saga, AMC, XYZ, you know, during even GNS today was, yeah, so not yesterday, yesterday, if you could identify that early, put in a stop and let it ride. I started yeah. adding a game plan to like my, my watch list every day, just to think about the macro trend, just, okay, what's, what's overall, what are we seeing? Oh, we've been seeing a lot of poppers. We've been seeing a lot of multi hundred, you know, multi thousand uh, percent moves. Okay. Well we could see that continuation, but it's still very choppy. So, you know, take your profits. And um, so it's yeah. kind of get, get yourself in that mindset, I guess you could say. Always have the same strategy, always tweak it a little bit. Are you scalping? Are you move to move? Are you holding? Like, and you just got to base that off of where the macro side is. Amen. Amen. Hell yeah. Anyone miss that 2020 continuation? <laughs> no. Nah. I can't wait for the next one. It's going to happen. We're gearing up for 20 it. 20 years from now, probably. <laughs> Shit, Dude, rates are pausing. $100 account. <laughs> Dude, rates are pausing in like, uh, I think March or April this year. That's what they're supposed like. Everyone's saying the next hike is on February 1st. It's going to be a 25 basis point hike. And then they say that like the Fed's probably going to pause raising rates. They're going to keep it at 5% for like six months. The probability is like yeah. 60% according to this Fed watch tool thing I use. But um, I think they should hold. They definitely shouldn't drop, drop rates, I don't think. Right now, the consensus is they're think, dropping uh... in November. Yeah, even if they do drop though, I don't I don't think you get that crazy, crazy bull market. The, that was just so much euphoria in the market. Like everyone oh, yeah. downloaded Robin Hood, everyone was a day trader, you know. So I mean rates at zero. Me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for real. But yeah, uh, for all no, I I thought it was a good review session. It's good to uh to I, I need to take notes next week as well, Alex. That's a good idea. Yeah, fair enough. There's no holidays, right? Coming up here or mm, no, nah, I don't think so. No, Next holiday is a Fed rate day. hike. <laughs> yeah, Fed first. It's Fed one, right? Very first, point. yeah. Always yeah, on point with those. I am ready. <laughs> That's so but good. Yeah, sounds good. I uh, I really enjoyed it though. It's it's good to hear all all your guys' perspective and to give each other feedback. Yep, I agree. It was a good one. Um, Sweet. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. Thanks, all right. Take it easy, Adios. boys. Bless up. Peace. Ciao. ciao.